Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Saturday afternoon. Roy here with you until 7 o'clock, and we have a very, very packed show. Coming away over the next hour, we've got a big preview of Monster to Lose. Tomorrow we're going to hear from our old pal Small Solari as he gives us his thoughts on a huge game for Munster and Ronald Agarra's new deal in France. We're going to hear as well from Cork and Barris Clare, Stephen Sherlock. We'll talk to him about the year that has been and hopefully will be a great year for the Rebels in 2023. Also going to talk to Kilmurray as they prepare to face Foss of Kerry tomorrow in the Munster Junior Final. And we're going to hear from Nabal Vaughan who contests the All-Ireland LGFA Junior Football Final in Scotland Club Saltill Knock Nakara. A packed hour of sport coming between now and 7 o'clock. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Well FM. Absolutely delighted you could join us. It's freezing out there, lads. It's absolutely freezing, but I'm going to take me a while to, to warm up after being out in the cold there just a short time ago. So hope wherever you're listening to us, you're all wrapped up nice and well, fire blazing, and getting ready for Christmas two weeks away. It's Christmas Eve, the best day of the year. Can't wait for it. But we have an hour pack show first, and a big game tonight as well. Um, France and England. Going to get that to that in a bit, but what about Morocco today? How incredible was this? The, was this the first ever African side to make it through to the semi-finals? They had a 1-0 win over Portugal today. Youssef and Nasseri with the goal from a header 42 minutes in. They were so well organised, so well disciplined, played as a team and deservedly through to the semi-finals of the World Cup in Qatar. They will face the winner of England and France. Uh, they meet at 7pm uh, this evening. Uh, Hugo Lloris um, talking up England's chances. He says it's clear their opponents are making impressive progress. They were semi-finalists at uh, the World Cup. Uh, they were runner-up in, uh, in, in, at the last Euro. And uh, there is a real progression. And I believe that this team uh, is getting mature and ready to... to to compete uh, for, for trophies. All right, an unchanged uh, team for England. Raheem Sterling back in the squad um, after missing their last game because of his house uh, being broken into. Uh, let's go through that England team. It's Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw, the midfield trio of Henderson, Rice and Bellingham. And up front, Saka, Kane and Foden. And that France team, Lloris, Koundé, Varane, Bacamineno, Her- uh, Hernandez, Dujimene, uh, Rabiot, Dembele, Griezmann, Mbappe, and Giroud. It's a strong, strong French team. Uh, Mbappe, number 10, is going to give Kyle Walker a tough, tough night tonight. 7 o'clock, the start time for that one. Cannot wait for a kickoff later on this evening. Rugby, Leinster beating Racing 92 today, 42-10 in their opening Champions Cup game. Josh van der Fleer going over the line twice for Leo Cullen side with Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan, Gary Ringrose and Ed Byrne also scoring tries. Colin meanwhile are in action. They lead uh, Newcastle 7-0 in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, Paul Boyle with the try today for the home side. Get it games, the holder Kilcarran Clamburn of Galway. Leading Monaghan's Dunamoyne 8 points to 3 at half time in the All-Ireland Club Ladies Football Final. Dunamoyne were last All-Ireland Champions in 2016. The lineup for the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship Final is complete lock. Gil Shamrocks of Antrim beating Tipperary's Drum and Inch 3-6-2-6 today. Then meets Sarsfields of Galway in the decider. They beat St Vincent's of Dublin. 111 to 110. Karen of Kerry meanwhile beating Newcastle West 2618 in the Munster Men's Club Football Final at Mallow today. That's the Kerry Club's first ever provincial title. Congratulations indeed to them. Gary Hurley, Tom McKibben, both four under par after their third rounds of the Alfred Dunhill Championship in South Africa. Both players carrying one under par rounds of 71 today. And racing tomorrow um, at Punchetown has been called off uh, due to the freezing, freezing, freezing weather. Uh, Cork's uh, planned meeting tomorrow in Mallow looks set to proceed. The track was even fit for racing today, but another inspection is going to take place tomorrow morning. Right, we're going to start uh, with Gaelic Games. Kilmurray in action tomorrow as they play Fossa in their Munster Junior final tomorrow. Very, very best luck indeed uh, to Kilmurray. We're going to hear from Kilmurray's Liam Wall. All right, I'm joined on the line now by Kilmurray's Liam Wall. Liam, Munster final weekend. There must be a great buzz around the team and the parish. Yeah, it is serious excitement around uh, Kilmurray now at the moment. Um, there's flags up all around the village and signs wishing us the best of luck. So look, it's just great 
great to have such great support behind us. The way of provincial club championships are that the longer it goes on, the better it gets. You've had an amazing year already, winning a county title, now reaching a Munster decider. It's one that will live long in the memory. We had, look, at the start of the year, we set out, uh, we wanted to win a mid-Cork to get a promotion to uh, the Premier Junior uh, next year in Cork. And uh, look, once we done that, Against Cove, it was uh, it was an incredible feeling. Look, the club haven't won a uh, county in 36 years, so it was just great. And um, we then came through uh, a tough battle against Tardis in the semi-final. Uh, the, it was quite poor conditions. Um, we got two goals against the against a strong wind and uh, we pushed on from there so look uh, hopefully that game was sent just now on Sunday Yeah as you said a county title win 36 years since the last it would have meant so much to so many Oh it did yeah there's uh, especially the elderly uh, club members there in the parish um, just to see the joy that it brought them it's just really uh, incredible For you personally you've had an amazing couple of months uh, five points in the county final six against Thurlis Sarsfields you must really be enjoying your football Yeah look it, I came into a good run of form there in the past few games and look but football is a team game and uh, it, it's just uh, it's nice to get scores at the end of it but as I said it's all about the team really I saw a video of you on the club Facebook page from lockdown, breaking a, a few slates in the roof, possibly. That's right, that's right. But showcasing your skills to the younger generation and to be on the fields now doing that in big games for your club, that's what every every player dreams of doing and loves doing. Uh, sure, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, the, it's the younger generation really is what you're trying to uh, improve in the club. And um, that's uh, it was just nice to... Do uh, a few skills tutorials there during the lockdown. Look, it kept it kept myself busy, and um, it was uh, it was uh, nice to see. All right. Your counterpart on Sunday is the 2022 Player of the Year, All Ireland winning Man of the Match against Galway, David Clifford for Fossa. But uh, something tells me that doesn't really bother you too much. No, look, we'll just be focusing on our own performance. Um, we can uh, only make sure that we uh, play to the best of our abilities. We won't be concentrating too much on what Fossa have or the two Cliffords. Look, they're obviously the two, two are probably the best uh, footballers in the country at the moment. But as I said, we'll just be focusing on ourselves. It's incredible, I imagine, to be coming up that, against that calibre of player and team. And, and that's what competing is all about. Yeah, it is. Look, uh, playing uh, junior football, it's not that often that you get to come up against um, that, that calibre of a player. But... Uh, Look, they're, they're special players. They're probably once-in-a-generation type players, but uh, we'll uh, just be concentrating on our own performance, as I said. How important is it to embrace, find the balance, I suppose, between embracing the build-up and you know, relishing the, 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 the stage that you're on and also taking it maybe as, as, as another game and staying focused? Look, uh, our management team there of Cormac Lennon, David Drummond, Conbury Murphy and Dennis Mann have been excellent in that sense in uh, keeping us focused just on the next performance. They leave no stone unturned in, uh, in our preparations for each game and uh, we just don't uh, look too far ahead uh, or get ahead of ourselves. Liam, for everyone on the bigger bench, we wish you and Kilmory the very best of luck. Thanks for joining us. That's great, thank you. Yes, indeed, very best of luck indeed uh, to Kilmurray as they play Fossa tomorrow in the Munster Junior Final up the Rebels. All right, we are going to talk to Neva Bond now because they are in the All-Ireland LGFA Junior Football Final against Galway Club Salt Hill Knock Nakara. The hardest working person in the business, Jeremy McCarthy, been speaking to Neva Ball manager Noel McDonough about his panel's preparations, nerves, and what to expect ahead of the Bally Vernon Club's big showdown in Kilmallock tomorrow afternoon. Thrilled to be joined now on the line here on the big red bench by the Nave Abon manager Noel McDonough, who is leading his side into this Sunday's current account. .ie All Ireland Junior Club Final taking place in Kilmallock, the Cork and Munster Championships champions Nave Abon taking on Salt Hill Knocknacara from Galway. It promises to be a fantastic occasion, a cracking game as well between two very, very talented teams and a huge build-up to it. And part of that build-up, we're going to talk to the manager now, Noel McDonough. Noel, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. How are you and how are preparations going in the final few days before you head for Kilmallock? Hi, Joe. Uh, listen, it's, it's, uh, preparations are going well. Um, <clears throat> I suppose really all the hard work has done over the last few weeks. Uh, it's kind of resting everybody, make sure they're fit and good to go on Sunday at one o'clock. So it's a great position to be in. Um, I suppose really we've been very lucky so far this year that uh, our last game against Cassidy was at home in Newborn and we haven't much travelling to do this year compared to what they had to do. But look, we're looking really looking forward to, to Sunday. It's a big day for the club, big day for the players and you know, it's gonna be a great occasion for everybody. 
and there's only going to be one winner. That's the thing. So just bring your best performance on the day. You know. Yeah, you mentioned there that the the semi final uh, against Castle Blaney Falls from County Monaghan that you won um, the, two weekends ago. Um, on your home ground in Balavorne, it was lovely driving in, seeing all the flags, the bunting. There was a huge crowd at that game, crackling atmosphere. You must be pleased, Noel, yourself and your management team. One, that you won the game, obviously. But secondly, how your players handled the occasion, because I spoke to your captain, Una Tuig. It was a big occasion for the club, bringing it into Balavorne, an All-Ireland semi-final is a big thing for the club. You handled it well, the players handled it well. How important is it that the players were able to kind of, you know, put the atmosphere and the crowd and all the attention they got in a couple of weeks leading up to it to one? side and get the job done because you have to do exactly the same this Sunday against Salt Hill Nocknacara. Yeah, I suppose a lot of people were saying you know, that the fact that we were at home, it was a big advantage but equally, there was a lot more pressure on the players to perform at home in front of their home crowd. You know? I mean, if you have one club they put a huge amount of effort into the, the week leading up to the game to have the ground in absolutely superb condition for the game and, you know, uh, there was a lot of work going on the week beforehand even we say from the training point of view and uh, making sure there's parking on that. But the girls, I must say, on the day were fantastic. You know, been nervous as you expect early on in the game. You know, but once we settled down, we got into the game, and you know, I suppose we we were we were leading uh, going to half time, and we kept that lead up all the way to the end, and we extended this with uh, close to the end of the game. But again, like it was it was a pretty pressurised performance you know from the point of view that everyone was <clears throat> all eyes were in, in Bellaborn that night so on Bourne, and you know I must say the girls handled the pressure well and hopefully that will benefit them going forward on, on Sunday as well you know there's going to be a big forum to Malik on Sunday and you know there'll be a lot of travelling supporters from both Bourne and from Salt Hill and you know the atmosphere is going to be going to be big and you know it's going to be we're, we're getting used to this um, we'll, we'll say Mellow we'll say Ula from Limerick with a huge crowd that night as well so the club is getting fantastic support and you know hopefully that will continue again on Sunday and you know hopefully we give them something to cheer about at the end of the day Hopefully so, Noel. Your, your forward line, I mean, you won 12-7 in that semi-final. You played Ula from County Limerick in the Munster final, as you said. Like, that was another tight game. But and I, I spoke to Una Tuig about this as she's your captain and she's your cornerback. Your backs have not really got a lot of attention this year. And yet, they're holding some serious forward lines. They're keeping them under 10 points, like you did this past uh, in the All-Ireland semi-final against Castle Blaney Falls. Aside now with plenty of attacking talent, as you knew, heading into it. I mean, look, we're not going to pick out individuals here. I know you don't do that, but your back six and your goalkeeper as well, um, not just in the semi-final, but in recent weeks and in recent tight, tough games have come up trumps and they'll have to do that again in this All-Ireland final. Yeah, you know, I mean, the last, so this is the, the starting team has started on the last 10 games, you know, and that's absolutely exceptional for us. We're very lucky with injuries, you know, we've had no injuries over the last 10 games and, you know, they're really betting in, they're trusting each other, you know, they're, they're depending on each other or midfield, are, are exceptionally good to come back. You know, we're, we've got a system worked out and, you know, teams are finding it difficult to break us down. And that's due to the work the girls have put in over the last six, 12 months. You know, this just, just didn't happen today. You know, but I mean, we played really well against Ula. You know, they found it hard to, to get shots off on goal. And it was the same against Castellini last week. You know, they came down with a good forward in, on, the, on the series forwards on our team, you know. And, um, you know, we kept them seven points was really satisfying, you know, I mean, a lot of times the, the forwards get the, the players, you know, but, you know, the all backs have been exceptional all through the year, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, that will be the same on Sunday, and if we keep the scoreline down and we can score more, it'll be, we'll be come out on top on Sunday, you know, that's be the deciding game of the game. Any concerns, Noel? I'd have to ask you this as the manager about fatigue because you've been on the road since January when you would have been training or begun training. You've had a, a county league, you've had um, a junior championship that was very tough to come through that you won there in Cork. Then you had the Munster Championship and now you're into an All-Ireland final and it's December, it's coming up to Christmas. It has been a long road for the players and the panel this year, a really long road and a lengthy one. Any concerns about fatigue? And I understand too that Salt and Knocknacara had the same issues going into the final. But playing a county or an All-Ireland final so late in the year I mean it's lovely it's a lot of excitement there's a lot of things happening and that wouldn't normally be happening at this time of the year but you're the last Cork team left standing but any issues with, with fatigue and with strength and conditioning and just how you're heading into the final Yeah I suppose really it was managing that over the last eight weeks was the most difficult we had to do you know, because we had some difficult games uh, we were down Dungarvan trying to the Waterford champions and you know we had a two week break and back into Ula two week break you know so that was been difficult to manage you know but we reduced our, our 
our training levels down to you know once a week and just make sure the girls were fresh. And that was probably the, the, the biggest fear we had was tiredness and injuries, you know. But thankfully, with a um, fantastic physiology and she looks after the girls fantastically. So she's been on top of any injuries we've had. And, you know, the fact that uh, the girls are absolutely fantastic to look after them outside of football. You know, the diet is, is very good. And, you know, once they look after themselves, they'll be fine on Sunday. You know, it is, it's, um, it's the, they know it's going to be the last game of the season. So I'm sure they will rise to the, the occasion on Sunday, you know. Yes, and what an occasion it's going to be, as you said, at one o'clock on Sunday in Kilmallock County, Limerick, the current account.ie, All-Ireland uh, LGFA Junior Club Final, the Cork and Munster Championship of Neve Vaughan, taking all sorts. Salt Hill Nakara, uh, the Connacht champions and a name synonymous in that part of the world Noel as you well know not just with ladies football but also with Camogie and one of the players you'll be up against this weekend is Siobhan Dibley who's playing in her third All-Ireland final this year she was in the Camogie All-Ireland final with her club she played for Galway in the intermediate All-Ireland Camogie final against Cork and now she's playing uh, in a club club football final against yourself she's just one example of a very very talented team and I know you've seen them um, or at least you've seen them in the semi-final where they beat a really good O'Dwyer team from Dublin by a single point now what I wanted to bring up was obviously you know this is a quality opponent obviously you know this is going to be the hardest challenge you face this year but the fact that you know Salty and Nakara came through a tight tough game in awful conditions they like yourselves have had to play in all sorts of conditions this year from the lovely heat we had way back when you won that junior title in MTU all the way to now um, how difficult a challenge is this from your point of view and your management team's point of view and how well are you going to have to play to overcome them yeah I mean Salty they're, they're actually they're probably one of the most best balanced teams we've come across this year you know this one is an exceptionally good player but so there are 15 players, definitely the most balanced team we have seen, you know, through, through the, the campaign. But, you know, all girls, they're, they're, um, one player doesn't uh, make a team, you know. So we'll be, we'll be focusing on, on Salty as a team and as unit. And I know all girls, you know, they, they are, we, we pick out bits or some from other games and watch how they play football. And, you know, we try and counteract their, their, their best players as best we can. And, you know, hopefully that'll be good enough on the day. You know, she's an experienced player and she's, you know, she's a lot of times under her belt this year. But, uh, you know, as I say, finals on a day take a, a kind of a life of their own. They have a different game to any other game we've played this year, you know. And players react differently under pressure. But hopefully, you know, that all girls will um, stand the pressure, get into the game early the next day. And once the nerves uh, subside, get into the game. And, you know, if they're the best team that's up for them today, that's the team that'll win, you know. Uh, whatever about the players' nerves, Noel, you've been through the ringer, to put it mildly, this year. It's been such a long year for the players, but also for the management team and yourself. How are you with the nerves? Uh, you come across very cool, calm and collected, but your captain reckons from our previous interview as well that perhaps there are nerves there, but you manage to hide them quite well when the time comes. Yeah, listen, I suppose really, you know, from, from the... We've had a, as you said earlier on the interview, we've had a very long campaign and we can actually go back to November of, of last year when we won the minor championship in the county and then we came on to win the, the under 3-1 championship and then we won the Jola championship and then we're on to this again it's kind of getting you know we're getting used to the nerves you know a little bit but you know um, I'm going to say you know um, I'm so much confident on their ability at this stage you know and that they're so good at what they do and they really listen and they're really willing to learn you know that helps me a lot you know and even with the performance in the, the last game in, 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 in Dalmorny you know, watching that game, you know, you're so confident on their ability to, to do the job they're given. You know, that actually does help them today. But of course, like, like the girls, you know, uh, you're never for the game and you're never for the girls. But once the ball is thrown in, you know, they go and you have to do a job. And, you know, us on the sideline, we have a responsibility to, to keep an eye on the game and make sure that, that uh, uh, where there's difficulty rolling, that we can counteract it pretty quickly, you know. So, but it's, it's fine. We have a good management team in place. And, so well, if everyone has a job to do, they know exactly what their job is. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, as I say, it's going to be a fantastic occasion. So then hopefully the numbers will, will, won't be there too badly for the girls, you know. But, um, as I say, I won't be kicking any balls on, on Sunday, you know, all down to the girls after this. And once they've crossed the white line on Sunday, I'm sure they'll do a fantastic job. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, this Sunday, as we said, the current account of the All-Ireland LGFA Junior Club Final between Cork and Munster Championships 
champions Nave Abon taking on Galway Salt Hill Knocknacar 1 o'clock throwing in Kilmallock the big red bench will be there on the sideline hopefully with an opportunity to speak to the victorious manager Noel McDonough afterwards and his players but for now on behalf of everybody not just at the big red bench Noel but everybody at Corkshire FM and myself included we wish you every luck on Sunday all the best and hopefully we'll catch up with you afterwards with some good news to talk about Listen, that's fantastic and we're delighted with all the support we're getting from all the clubs. Yeah, fantastic stuff there and Ger put it perfectly there. Very, very best luck indeed um, to Neva Bond tomorrow against Salt Hill, not Nakara. Ger will be there. Hopefully he'll have thought out by six o'clock tomorrow to bring us all the updates on the big red bench and very, very best of luck to Neva Bond tomorrow. I'm going to uh, talk more GA now. Um, Stephen Sherlock uh, joined Aidan with thanks to Sports Direct where the court GA sponsors New Cork jersey was unveiled last week. Big, big event at Sports Direct in Mahon Point as well this week as well. Um, so um, Aidan has been speaking to Stephen uh, about the jersey launch and uh, all things Cork GA. Cork GA have launched their new jersey for 2023 and thanks to sponsor Sports Direct, we have Cork and St. Finbar's footballer Stephen Sherlock on the line. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Well, I'm from things. Not too bad at all, I suppose. Uh, let's start off first of all, the new jersey. How are you liking it? Yeah, I think it's... Uh I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, Cork people are very proud of their jerseys, and Cork people are very proud of where they come from, and the fact that the likes of Shanning etc is uh, embedded in the jersey. I think it's a really special jersey, and hopefully a few titles along the way with it. Absolutely, I suppose any Cork jersey is uh, is you'd be proud to wear it. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Look, it's it's always a special time putting on the jersey. Um, playing for Cork, and it's a very big occasion. Any time you get to wear it for your club. And, and even your family. Absolutely. Um, let's just, I suppose, reflect maybe on the on the club season first of all. Um, not the way, obviously, you would have wanted the Cork Football Championship to end. You came up against a very determined Nemo Rangers in that final. Yeah. Look, obviously, just uh, it just didn't go our way on the day. Um, uh, look, these days, these days happen, and look, hopefully, we can just bounce back from that next year and go the extra the extra step. The Bears are still on an upward trajectory, like hurling champions, football finalists, and uh, plenty of county panelists as well in, in both codes, so it bodes well for the future. Oh yeah, definitely. Look, um, we, we've we won both hurling and football uh, county championships in, in less than a year, so look, um, there's not a lot of clubs out there doing that at the moment, so look, we're just in a special place at the moment at the club, there's a lot of lads coming through. Um, and there's a lot of experience there as well, so the mixture of both is really helping us um, lately. Yeah, do you kind of feed off each other, you know, the hurlers and the footballers? If, if maybe one week isn't great, the hurlers or the footballers might go the next week and maybe they get a win. Do they kind of then, you know, put the a good spirit back into, into both camps? Oh, yeah, definitely. Look, um, at the end of the day, we're all kind of, we're all bearsmen out there. We're all a family and look... Um, if the hurlers win, it kind of breeds confidence towards the footballers and vice versa. You know, so look, anytime, anytime a Bears team wins, it's always positive and it's always a, a helping hand to either team. One of those dual stars uh, with the Bears, he's had to make a decision. Uh, your club mate Brian Hayes, he's opted to play for the Cork Hurlers in 2023. I suppose for Brian personally, I imagine that was a difficult decision to make. And in generations gone by, he would have probably been able to pl- to play both, but it's just not possible these days. Oh no, no, look, it's not possible and. Uh, to be fair to Brian, he's he's uh, excellent, excellent player in both. And look, uh, everybody out the bars is going to back him no matter what he does. Uh, so look, I've no fear of Brian. Brian is Brian, you know. So um, he's fantastic, as I said. Like so, I've no fear of Brian. Yeah, I suppose he is a loss to the to the football setup though with with Cork. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's definitely he definitely is a loss. But look. As I said, I have no doubt that he'll uh, perform for the hurlers. Um, the footballers last, but the hurlers gain. So look, it, whatever whatever Brian does is Brian's own decision, obviously. But look, we'll every single Bears person will back him no matter what he does. Absolutely. Looking ahead, then John Cleary is in permanently now and has uh, brought former Galway coach Kevin Walsh in. Uh, how excited are you to be working with with John and Kevin also? Oh yeah, look, I got a glimpse of uh, what John is about last year. Um, fantastic uh, manager and uh, the fact that he's after bringing in the backroom team as he has can only be positive for us going forward so look um, we're just getting to know Kevin now as, as of now and look hopefully we'll get a good few training sessions underneath our belt before the league and get the league off to a good start From from what you've you've done um, already I suppose in the in these couple of months at the start of pre-season what, what are you feeling for, from Kevin in terms of what he's going to bring to the setup? is it something that you haven't really come across before? Yeah look um 
Uh, Kevin is very, very technical. We've gone through a lot of um, sessions with him at the, um, uh, over the last few weeks and from the weeks that I have been there, um, geez, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, it can only be positive, as I said. So, look, hopefully now over the Christmas we can get a good bit done and in January we get a good bit done as well so that we are in a good place come the league because as I, the league is very important. As you know, in football, uh, you've the likes of Dublin, uh, Kildare, even me, you know, the first game, like, you know, it's very competitive. So, you really do have to get the league off to a good start. Yeah, we might touch on Dublin in just a minute or two, but I want you to talk to me first about about free-taking and the pressure and, and responsibility that goes along with it, the preparation. What's your outlook on being a free-taker? Um, look, to be honest, I actually I, I really enjoy it, um, regardless of whether there's pressure or not. Um, it's something I always uh, I always took upon myself, whether it was even hurling back in the day when I was younger, soccer, uh, and even football. No, I always kind of tended to take the freeze. So look, it's, I kind of grew up uh, with a mentality that I always wanted to take them. I kind of put the pressure aside and just stick to the routine as much as possible. And look, um, it once it went. I feel like once you stick to that a lot of the time you get a good success rate so uh, thankfully I have had a good success rate over the years and look I hope to continue that especially with Cork and the Bears Do you have a bit of a process and has that process kind of evolved over over the last couple of years? Yeah look as you get older you get to mature uh, and look you stick to your routine as much as possible um, and look I have a routine I try to stick to it uh, um, uh, as much as possible as I said and look you practice practice makes perfect so look obviously they're not going to be perfect every day and look you're going to have days where you're uh, you're not going to be on song but look uh, as long as you practice look you, you'll always have a high percentage rate The McGrath Cup on, on the 4th of January against Kerry is the uh, is the first game in the inter-county season for Cork and straight into the league then after that so it really is uh, all you know a couple of weeks out it's, it's all starting all over again yeah, and look, it's like it's brilliant because look, you're playing games, um, uh, you're playing games, and that's what you want to be doing as an intercounty uh, footballer, and it's, it's what you want to be doing a club scene as well. Um, nobody wants to be training uh, seven, eight, nine weeks in a row without a game, you know. Uh, it's straight away in the McGrath Cup, straight away into the league, and the way the championship has fallen this year as well, you're straight into the championship. So look, it's brilliant. Um, we have plenty of games, we have plenty of. Um, um, good teams to play against to improve and look we'll just take it game by game and go from there Those McGrath Cup games how much can you take out of them like is it purely just maybe conditioning that you get out of them or can you actually work on you know a technical aspect of the game and, and, and try and develop that through those through those games Ah uh, yeah look um, anytime you're going out training uh, you want to train the way you play and regardless of what the, the game is they're still competitive games so you want to play you want to play as you train and look obviously you'll um, obviously they're not as important as championship but they're definitely important in the way that you could uh, work on things going forward and the way you want to play going forward in both league and championship February 19th Dublin and Parky Cueve a huge test you played them in Crow Park obviously last year you'd be relishing that battle again oh yeah look uh, as as all inter-county teams we want to play the best uh, the best teams around in Dublin are certainly top three um, at the moment um, so look uh, Dump Parky Creeve will be a special uh, a special Sunday afternoon uh, for for all car people and hopefully we can bring a big crowd and hopefully we can put a, um, hopefully we can put in performance and hopefully even get a result Yes there are an element of almost you know getting that bit of intimidation into Dublin like you know coming down to Parky Cueve in Division 2 is not exactly what they would have been imagining you know last year let's say uh, so it, is there a bit of a psychological thing maybe there that you can get at them and, and you know say like we're going we're gonna to really rattle you here Yeah look at the end of the day it will all depend on the first uh, first two games in the league before Dublin look if we get off if we get off to a good start in the league confidence will be high and look um I've kind of mentioned them even before. You've seen the likes of Derry. Derry came from Division 4 up to Division uh, 2 now and got to an Ireland semi-final last year. So look, once you get a good kind of pre-season under your belt and a good league campaign under your belt, you can go a long way. And look, regardless whether we're playing Dublin, Mead or Kildare, whoever it is, we're, we're going out to win. Um, so that's going to be the attitude throughout the year. And look, if we have that attitude we could go places you were nominated for an all-star uh, for 2022 which I'm sure is a it's, it's a great recognition and, and it's, uh, it's it's nice to get at the end of the year to, uh, you know bears fruit all those efforts you went you went to through the season have you set personal goals for the upcoming season and uh, how does that fit into what success looks like for Cork football in 2023 uh, look yeah it was 
it was a great honour for myself personally, especially coming back into um, into the scene in 2021 and then getting nominated for an All-Star. Like, it was kind of like the cherry on top for the season for me personally. But look, I, I'd say every single lad in there has goals set. We all want to win as a team collectively. Um, and that's the, that's the main objective. Um, like we want to put a, we especially we really do want to put a good league campaign behind us and and set us up well for the championship. So look, that would be the first. Uh, um, that would be kind of the main uh, priority you now for us is to get a good league campaign under our belt and then uh, set us up for the championship, as I said. Absolutely. Well, Stephen, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. The very best of luck for the season uh, ahead. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Yeah, great to hear there from Stephen Sherlock uh, speaking to Aidan after the new Cork jersey was launched at Sports Direct earlier on this week. Right, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. Big preview of Munster and Toulouse with Tomás O'Leary. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. We're here with you on the bench until 7pm. A big, big day tomorrow as Munster face to lose in the Champions Cup. A big, big test for the Reds and coach Graham Roundtree. Our pal, Big Red Bench's own Tomás O'Leary, the former Munster and Ireland scrum half, spoke to Aidan about it earlier on today. All right, Munster begin their Heineken Champions Cup campaign tomorrow. And to preview the game, I'm joined by Heineken Cup winner Tomás O'Leary. Tomás, thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure. Anytime at all, Ed. Uh, before we jump into Munster v Toulouse, there's uh, quite a lot of, of rugby news uh, happening around the world. Your your old partner, Ron O'Gara, signed a new deal with La Rochelle following links to England. What have you made of it all? Yeah, look, I suppose it's just uh, an indication of where where he's at and his, I suppose, his status and progress as a coach um, to be linked with that job. And I suppose, um, you know, the experience he got in Racing Metro, the experience he got in Christ in Christchurch with uh, the Crusaders and now bringing La Rochelle to a Heineken Cup. And I suppose it's an indication of, uh, you know, how valued he is and how respected he is as a coach. So, um, you know, I think it would have been a great opportunity for him. But I think the, the prospect that he has and the, the, I suppose the program he has built over in La Rochelle uh, and the fact that he's, you know, been signing players for the last two, three years. As he said himself, you know, his kids and family are very well settled over there. So I think the next five, six years, kids will all kind of progress on from school and then it'll be an opportunity for him to actually coach internationally and have a lot more freedom. So look, I think it's an ideal situation that he signed a long-term project. would imagine he's he's not short of a few bob financially as well after it. So, you know, I think it's win-win for Raj and, um, you know, he can continue that La Rochelle project. And, um, you know, I've, I've never been over in the place, but I've seen it on TV. I've seen the crowds there and you only see the, the you know, the atmosphere after the last home game where they put 50 points uh, on, a, on a side in the top, top guitars and, you know, it looked like a, an unbelievable atmosphere there. So, look, I'm delighted for Raj. Um, and I think it's just... Uh, He'll have plenty of time to coach an international team, hopefully Ireland, not England, in, in five, six years. That's it, yeah. Like you said, anyway, he wasn't exactly popping the champagne because he used four games in France and then you could be on the chopping block anyway. But um, he's also mentioned how, you know, he doesn't really like to discuss coaching Ireland or Munster because unless there's a deal on the table, he'll only discuss it then because he doesn't just want to discuss a hypothetical. But do you think he will at some stage come back to Ireland or Munster? I'd say Ireland is probably more likely on the cards than Munster at this stage. Um, I suppose in terms of uh, playing budgets and um, roles, look, La Rochelle is up there with the top roles in in in, in European rugby. Um, you know, he can fully control who he signs when he signs them. He seems to have a great relationship with the president. If he came back to Munster, um, you're probably restricted. Um, in terms of the squad that you have, in terms of signings, and obviously the IRFU dictate a lot of that as well. So um, I suppose you're you're handicapped in a way, or you're certainly, uh, you know, you don't have full control. Um, now that the role might appeal to him longer term, all right, but I'd say the international gig is probably more of, a, I suppose, more of a card for him and more of a, a long-term ambition. Um, so I think very much, and as Raj seemed to have indicated publicly, seems to be a an international gig it would be his next next step in the natural step so I think it's more likely that you know 
next next job will be an international job and if there's job is available it's a big if obviously Andy Farrell is doing an extraordinary job there and you know the results indicate that you know our number one ranked team in the world and just chatting to the players that the vibe in the squad is is indicative indicative of you know the the massive impact that Andy Farrell has had so Look, it depends on, on how long he stays in the gig, uh, how successful he is over the next four or five years. And there's a lot of timing as well, like when a national gig comes up. Uh, and look, there might be a, an Australian gig, uh, whatever gig comes up, French gig over the over the next four or five years when Raj is, is looking to move on. So a lot of it is timing, a lot of it is a bit of luck. Uh, and so it's very, it's very hard to speculate. And he's going to indicate it himself too, that, you know, he's, he's, he's reluctant and reticent to, to speculate because... Um, you know, God knows what the, the lay of the land is going to be in four or five years' time. Yeah, and there is a lot of, of movement between the, the Six Nations teams, Warren Gatland back in Wales, Eddie Jones sacked by England. Like, it, it, there are two huge stories coming into the beginning of a Six Nations at the start of a World Cup year. Yeah, massive. And look, I think it's, is it Ireland, Wales, over in, over in Cardiff? You know, that atmosphere is going to be something special there like that's the best stadium in the world and the Welsh fans when they get behind their team it's a special place to play so um, you know there's no doubt that Warren Gatlin will give Wales a bit of impetus uh, you know there will be would be a kick with him uh, and whether or not he can he can get them competitive again in the in the Six Nations or whether or not he can get them competitive in the World Cup remains to be seen um, I suppose the, the majority of the squad that he was successful in and worked with have aged and have have kind of, uh, I suppose, reached their their pinnacle already. But if anyone can get a kind of kick out of this Welsh team, it would be Gatland. And um, I think that will create a special atmosphere. Interesting to see, you know, how Bortwick, he looks like he's lined up. Um, so, you know, interesting to see how he, he goes with that. You know, obviously he's still a relatively inexperienced coach as well. He was part of Eddie Jones' ticket previously and obviously he's done a great job in Leicester. But um, you know, it's it is a big move by by England getting rid of a, a coach uh, so close to the World Cup. And I guess look, the last few years, really two years, have been uh, I suppose a bit of a, a downward spiral for England. So it was probably inevitable uh, that there was going to be a change. But I thought they might have waited until after the World Cup. So yeah, it just adds that a bit of extra spice, obviously with Ireland and France in such such good form, such a good position ahead of the World Cup as well. Uh, they'll be looking to continue that um, momentum and that positivity pre-World Cup. So, yeah, look, it all augurs well for an exciting Six Nations. And, um, you know, Ireland seemed to be in a very good place with, a, you know, I suppose, a, a lot of solidity and a lot of, I suppose, um, confidence going into, into the Six Nations and hopefully, fingers crossed, the World Cup as well. Yeah, let's 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 look at Munster now, I suppose, and uh, exciting always, I suppose, when, it, when it's leading into match day one in the European Cup. Take us back to, to when you were in that Munster camp and what that week is like leading into the first pool game. Yeah, look, there's always um, you know uh, more of an emphasis um, historically put on the European Cup at Munster, and I suppose the the association that all Munster teams have would, had with the European Cup and, you know, Munster supporters, the, I suppose the relationship they have with that competition and, the, um, you know, the the memories that have been created, the success that have been created um, and the near misses as well. So, um, you know, even if you look over the last 10, 10 years where Munster have been deemed relatively unsuccessful, there's still been a lot of quarterfinals and semifinals of Europe reached uh, and Munster haven't been too far away. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, uh, I suppose, a discernible kind of uh, and a heightened um, a kind of tension and application and effort within the squad training sessions, uh, a heightened focus, and it's more of a buzz. Um, I suppose growing up, you know, I was brought up on European Cup. I wanted to play European Cup. I, you know, they were the big days, and you know, the, these boys, you know, the current Munster squad are the same. You know the Celtic League, the European, the Pro 14, whatever it's called. It's just been so many different variations of that, and you know, Europe now is it welcoming the South African teams, but Munster will always judge in the European Cup, and you'll see that tomorrow with the fans and welcoming. You know, there's no better team to welcome to to Tom Park than than Toulouse. So yeah, there's just going to be a special atmosphere hopefully uh, tomorrow in, in Tom Park. Absolutely, yeah. We'll touch on Toulouse in just a second, but um, the competition itself has kind of received a bit of criticism in recent years. Do you think a certain element of the mystique has been lost to it? There's been a lot of chopping and changing, I suppose, with the groups, and I think it certainly wasn't broke, so I don't understand why they probably tried to fix it. Um, South African teams coming in, I suppose, again, uh, 
Dupont, I think, was criticising it during the week. And I probably agree with him. You know, I think it's nice to keep it as a European competition. Uh, and I suppose, look, it's an indictment of European rugby that, you know, or, or you know, the, the league and I suppose the South African teams have been good to the to the, to the, to the Pro, Pro 14 um, and probably have been a necessity to come in. But um, I think it's probably, you know, I prefer if the European competition was solely for European teams. That would be my preference. But look, it is what it is. And, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see how these South African teams pitch up against the full strength Leinster pitch up against the full strength Toulouse um, and I think you know you'll see that uh, the standard of European teams is hopefully still ahead of where the South African teams are and I think a full a full metal jacket Leinster or full metal jacket um, La Rochelle uh, full metal jacket Munster should prove too strong for for these uh, for these South African teams certainly when when, when they're on European soil and yeah, the fact that it sits back on free to air TV as well should help. I think uh, one province a week at least, Munster v Toulouse is on RTE2, so that might bring uh, a lot more eyeballs to it at least. Um, talk to us about Toulouse. It's a special game. Obviously, you won the Heineken Cup against Toulouse and Cardiff in 08, and however much the two teams have changed, both sets of fans will always be linked that way. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the, I suppose the success that Toulouse have had, had had in the European competition you know, again, their relationship with it, similar to Munster and Leinster now, um, you know, there's a special emphasis that they put on the European Cup. Um, so, yeah, look, and again, look at the talent that they have in the squad and, you know, the history between the two teams, like you said, even last year, I think it was a big opportunity for Munster to to beat beat this Toulouse team and probably should have beaten this Toulouse team, I think. Um, but again, look, you know, the Ramos at full back, I think that day was particularly impressive and he's goal kicking as well. We all know about Entamac and Dupont at halfback um, and Dupont. Um, I think he's a, a big addition coming back in. You know, he obviously was meant to be suspended, but that was, uh, you know, that has been rescinded. Um, so look, you know, they have massive talent. Their pack as well is obviously a traditional strong, brutish uh, French pack with a, a mix of some foreign foreign talent thrown in. But um, I would be very, very confident uh, Munster at home having the having the firepower. And recently after the last few weeks, you know, the, the victory over South Africa, you know, gives has given them a bounce in the league. And I think they're starting to be a bit of confidence, a bit of a buzz in this Munster squad. And I think, um, I think Munster will have a, a great opportunity opportunity to win tomorrow and I think they will get the victory um, but look obviously I think particularly in halfback and if we can put pressure on Dupont uh, and kind of limit his uh, ability to go forward to control the game I think we'll have uh, we'll have enough to, to get a victory in, on home soil and I think it's vital for us to do that to get a good start to Europe Yeah I suppose obviously like you know, April last April was a game for the ages. How have Toulouse changed since then? Obviously, Munster under new, under a, a new uh, coaching ticket uh, have changed a lot and are still trying to find their feet under that. But how have Toulouse come on since then? Yeah, look in the league. Um, look, obviously they 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 won the top fourteen last year um, um, in Europe. They, um, they they obviously were well well beaten after the Munster game. Um, so the monster, the the monster game was their peak, really. But um, in Europe, they still still have the firepower, still have the ability to compete on both fronts. Look, the top fourteen is always going to be the their meat and drink. But like I said, some of the names that I've mentioned, I do think that monster, uh, you know, Aki in midfield is a dangerous runner, but physically, monster should have have it over him. I know Scanlon isn't, isn't the biggest man, but I think I've been very impressed by Frisch. Um, you know, he has that physicality, but he also seemed to, to play play at the line. You think of the first try that uh, he created for Shane Daly with a lovely little offload, um, lovely little offload to uh, Mike Haley, um, a little deft of hand, but he's also had the physicality and has given him a bit of a direct route as well. So I think I've been very impressed with him. I think there's an opportunity at midfield to, for him to, to prosper. Um, and again, I think Munster's pack, um, you know, with... John Ryan coming back in I think that's been a great addition but uh, I've been very very impressed you know obviously Ty Byrne we all know about his his ability and his form uh, Peter Romani when it comes to these big European days is going to be vital and Gavin Coombs is a is a big a big marauding number 8 and his try scoring record is is top class but I genuinely think at home Munster will have, to have too much organisation and control uh, and hopefully a bit of passion that you know that will have too much for this this, this uh, Toulouse team um, you know I think Again, last year Munster should have won that game, and I think Munster have come on in terms of in terms of a panel, in terms of a, a squad this year. I think Paddy Patterson coming off the bench will add a bit of impetus. I was very very impressed with him in the, the South African game, and again the last day when he when he came on um, against Edinburgh, 
Um, so yeah, look, I think this month's your team, there seems again, similar to Andy Farrell coming in to take over Ireland, you know, just the vibes and the positivity coming out of the camp uh, it was, was discernible when he came in. And I think the same, uh, the same kind of positivity and the same kind of sentiment is coming from this Munster squad. They know that they're improving. They know a big performance is going to come. And I think the European Cup just focuses the mind for this group. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that, look, while Toulouse will pose a threat, and I think the majority of that threat is going to be in the back line with Ramos at full back and the two halfbacks and Tamak and um, Dupont. But I think if we can kind of limit their their strike game strike ability, I think then we we can get a, we can get a victory tomorrow. Yeah, it does seem to have the feeling that it's it's the right test at the right time. Like you said, you know, Munster on an upward curve, three wins in a row, beginning with that game against the Springboks in the park. And the the squad is in far better health now than it was a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and I just think they're a refocus. I mean, look, um, not to be critical of the of the old regime, but um, they seem to seem to kind of, I suppose, run about it, out of ideas. And uh, I suppose, look, Roundtree now is the head head man. You know, he seems to have a great relationship with the players. He's very confident uh, in his own ability. And I think, uh, again, he's just creating that culture of, I suppose, the players taking ownership and the players enjoying themselves. And I think if the players take ownership and they start to enjoy themselves and express themselves, um, in, you know, you're starting to see performances and you're starting to see a squad that seems to be united. Um, and, you know, I know they had a couple of good nights after that South African game. And the, the lads, if you're talking to you, the lads, I said, there's some great nights that they haven't had in years together. So um, I think it's important that they bond off the pitch and that translate, translates onto, I suppose, you know, genuine sense of camaraderie and the genuine sense of togetherness on the pitch. Um, and that's starting to come true. Um, and that's, you know, all successful teams, whether it's Munster teams, whether it's Leinster teams, whether it's any football, soccer, hurling, you know, if there's a sense of togetherness, within a squad and a sense of, you know, camaraderie. I think that's that's hard to, to beat. And if this monster team can create that, I think it is genuinely created now with this squad. Um, you know, that that kind of um you know, it's it's hard to put uh hard to put a finger on how, how valuable that is, but I think that's one component that seems to have been missing from Munster for the last four or five years when push comes to shove, there wasn't that cohesive um, uh, I suppose togetherness that was traditionally associated with, with Munster teams and I'm starting to to see that and I think fans are starting to see that as well and hopefully you'll see that kind of bond and uh, and you know that that was between the fans recreated and kind of re-strengthened because I think that, that was kind of starting to dilute as well Yeah it's interesting that I think you know looking back when your generation came through Munster you came through in the shadow of the likes of Mick Galway and Peter Clossy and that amateur sort of spirit was kind of there in in the squad and then I suppose this new generation of player you know it's it's been a professional game for as long as they've they've been alive pretty much so is is that sort of maybe where you notice the change in players uh coming on maybe towards the middle you know mid 2010s that sort of way um, yeah, like it's hard to, to say exactly what, but I look, I think there was, look, if you, if you look back, you know, that Munster squad that I came into, anytime you know, we had a big European Cup game, there was 22, 23 internationals. Like, you know, you look at the bench, uh, like it was, you know, we had two international lines. So one of us would have been on the bench and, you know, you had uh, the likes of Paul Warwick maybe covering 10. So he would have played international sevens. He would have had like some Mick O'Driscoll, um, another from the back row who would have been an international coming on. Uh, international props like Federico Pucciarello um, are, you know, coming on onto the team. And then you would have had, you know, outside backs who are like Barry Murphy, these guys potentially coming off a bench um, who were all international players. So invariably you were ending up with a, a match day 23 who were all internationals. And I suppose... Over the over the years, or whatever that team obviously, uh, you know, aged and retired, and just wasn't, I suppose, the, the wasn't replaced with like with like. So, um, whereas now this monster team, I know there's a lot of youth coming into it, but you're starting to see that international experience return. Uh, and I also think, look, there was a there was a big quest uh, at the time. We said it was coming out of amateur era, and look, when you're when you're after something, when you're looking for something for the first time. Um, I suppose and you know the, the supporters all got swept up in it so there was a momentum there was a quest there was a I suppose a togetherness that everyone was after the same thing and once again once success 
uh, once you achieve success, it's harder to keep knocking on this door. It's harder to keep going. So um, I think this team is starting to, I suppose it has a quest and it has a, a vision now that it's trying to restore, uh, I think, the passion in Munster rugby and the uh, restore the natural order in Irish rugby. At the moment, you could argue that Munster are maybe the third, third team and that's certainly not the position that we're used to being in. Look, I think when pushed comes to shove, we're better than, than Ulster and if we came up against Ulster in a big a big European Cup game I think we're better than Ulster um, and again on our day I think we'd probably give Leinster a lot more of a challenge than many other teams in Europe would and you see that today with Racing Metro you know how comprehensively they were beaten I don't think you'll ever see a monster team beaten by by Leinster by, by that margin so we're not that far away but I think this monster team has its own identity now under Roundtree and it would have its own vision and again I think the restoration of that relationship between the fans uh, I think is probably a key component The halfback pairing I suppose is always an area of the pitch that people are going to zone in on you paired up with one of the best of all time of course you had a great partnership yourself and Raj and Munster have plenty of options 9 and 10 Craig Casey Joey Carberry partner up Sunday Conor Murray's still out we actually thought Conor Murray was going to make it but he hasn't been named in the in the, in the the squad um, comparing Murray and Casey, like where do they contrast with each other outside of experience? Obviously, yeah. Look, they're totally different players now. Uh, look, Murray is, I suppose, in terms of the kicking game, Craig Casey's kicking game has come on leaps and bounds, and I think I've been very impressed with that. Last week, he was very good. Look, Murray's kicking game, we all know it, probably the best in the world on his day. Um, obviously, much maligned when he uses it, and probably um, again, he was probably dictated to by in terms of. Uh, playing structures and playing approach and strategic approach by the previous regimes from Erasmus on. Um, so look, you can't blame him entirely for that. But Casey's probably a lot, I suppose, snappier. Look, Murray um, with age probably slowed down a little. Okay, he's still well able. You know, he's a fantastic passer of the ball. He's just getting from from rock to rock. He's probably not as quick as Craig Casey or indeed Patterson is at the moment. Um, I think Patterson is even probably even a step up on Casey at times. Um, I've been very very impressed with him. Murray, his defence is is the best out of all those three scrum has by a country mile. You see, you won't see him being run over like you see Craig Casey being run over by opposition um, like you see Paddy Patterson being run over by opposition and that's just down to sheer size and strength um, and if you t- if you, you know you're going to take I suppose you're going to take that hit in terms of defence if you're going with a Casey or a Patterson just, just sheer size and sheer physique um, but what they bring on the other side of the ball then is you know that's the, the balance you have to pick and you know whether you go with a Casey and a Murray uh, as your duo down the line or where do you go with a, a Casey and a Patterson to, to maintain that, that that approach to play so look I think there's value in having all those three scrum halves and I've been very very impressed by Craig Casey as well No better man to talk about scrum halves and one of the best men to ever wear number 9 for Ireland and one that is Mr. Chamal Solari our good pal and thanks to him for joining us on the show tonight we are massively out of time thanks very much indeed for tuning in to us tonight England and France kicking off in five minutes I cannot wait hoping for an absolute cracker like Argentina last night um, that was that was a game of ball and a half wasn't it Argentina and Netherlands but we're out of time um, back tomorrow at 6 uh, Stevie's up next the block party shall the rest of Saturday night The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM